Hello, hello, my let's keep it real people. Okay, I know I tell you how grateful I am for you, but come on. What are you guys doing out there? The word is spreading. People are buying my books, wanting to be on my podcast. I mean, the list goes on of the wait list. And one of my palsies in social media just booked me for a big keynote in Philadelphia in May. I mean, that's unheard of. Usually I'm speaking so far away from where I live in the suburbs of Philly, but it's in Philly. So thank you, thank you, thank you. I cannot tell you how much I appreciate your support. And I'm going to be teaching high school students entrepreneurship starting in May, all because of you, my listeners, my amazing people. I cannot tell you how grateful I am. All right. Speaking of grateful, gratitude, okay, mindset, let me just tell you a little bit about my next guest because you definitely want to tune into him. He's saying it's easy peasy to get what you want in life and feel great once you know how to work your brain. A lot of us don't know how to get the most we can out of it to serve us well. And he is going to help us. Before we do that, let me tell you about him. There are two types of goals, he says, right? Wishing goals and knowing goals. Only set knowing goals. They are the only ones that will give you what you want. That's just one of his tips. And he says also, success is only one thing. Feeling good, right? Why do we want most of the things we want in life? Because we believe we'll feel good once we have it. Now that's just a little tip. Here's his background. How do we really get the results we do in our life? Liam sought the answer to that question for most of his life, but it was only after going from being a multimillionaire to losing everything and becoming homeless in his mid-40s that he really found the answer. He now shares with audiences around the world how using your brain the right way holds the key to success in every area of your life. By the way, I think he was doing this interview from somewhere around the world on a boat. Like, am I correct? His wife and him sold everything and they're cruising. But check it out. Have fun. Rate, like, share. It does really matter. Toodles. This is Let's Keep It Real with Sandy Joy Weston, your weekly dose of positivity with awesome stories and guests from all over the world. It's an opportunity to learn some great new things and expand your mind. We'll tackle topics from all areas of life, and as always with Sandy, the sky's the limit. Hello, hello, my Let's Keep It Real people. I was telling you a little bit about Liam Natum, but... Before I bring him on, say hi, Liam. Hello. Evening. Evening. (laughs) I don't know where he is right now, but we'll get more into that. Liam is a speaker, teacher, writer, and researcher who helps people improve the quality of their life and find an effective solution to problems by learning to use their brain the right way. That would be helpful. He is the host of the podcast, Using Your Brain for Success and growing in love for life. He is also a marriage and relationships coach and the author of the recently published book, Marriage Uncounseling, a counterintuitive approach to healing relationships and bringing back love. Liam, where are you today? What country? I'll have to check. Uh, No, actually in El Salvador. 
in Central America. Yeah, you were saying that for the last 12 years, I'm like, where, are you, where do you live? And you're like, nowhere. That's so right. Travel around anywhere you want to go? Yeah, pretty much. Um, we started off, um, I'm from New Zealand originally, so we spent a few years there doing house sitting and um, traveling the country in a motorhome. And then we took a one-way ticket and a suitcase to Europe and spent eight years sailing around the Mediterranean and the Baltic Seas, visited 15 countries, explored mm. on, a, on a boat, actually three boats altogether. And uh, about two weeks ago, actually, we decided we'd do something different. So we sold the boat and uh, now here I am in El Salvador. Well, apparently your counterpart has the same spirit as you to explore. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's part of the secret. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She has to like to travel or they have to like to travel for sure. All right. Before we get into that, one word to best describe your past 30 days and why did you pick it? Whatever word you want to pick. Uh, happiness. Happiness. Okay. Is it been happier than normal or is it always happiness? It's always happiness because here's the thing. People are chasing after success, but what is success? Success is being happy. That's it. Yes. I often say to people, you always want something, usually because you think you're going to feel better when you get it. So what if you could feel better right now, right? Before you got it. Yeah. Or, or uh, realize your purpose is to feel good, not to try and get things that you think will make you feel good. Ah, I like the way you said that. All right. So before you came on, I sent out your info to my peeps and the questions that you said, hey, here's some fun questions you should ask me. So we're going to just get into the biggest one. They're very curious about this, and then we'll go backwards. Okay. <clears throat> so the tribe wants to know, if this is not about mindfulness, positive thinking, rewiring your brain, or the subconscious, what is it about then when you're studying the brain? They're very curious, this group. Okay. Well, here's the thing about your brain. <clears throat> what, what we've all forgotten is that we are governed in this experience. Yes, we're spiritual beings and all that sort of thing, but we're here having a physical experience and we are governed by physical laws, the laws of nature. You know, And if you think that you're not governed primarily by the laws of nature, try walking off a 10-story building and see if you go up. And you know it doesn't there's a law called gravity and it doesn't matter how much positive thinking you have or how motivated you are or how much you pray, how much you change your beliefs, you're going to okay. fall down. And that's the thing about us as well. We are biologically wired to be a certain, really to be successful, and which means to be happy. And the thing is, that we can try all of these other things. We can try mindfulness and we can try setting goals and we can try chasing after all of these different things. But if we don't know how the machine that operates us actually works, we're not really going to get anywhere. In fact, what we're going to get is we're going to have stress and problems. And, the, and I think one of the easiest ways to, to understand this is to think about another machine because this thing in your head is a machine and it's designed biologically to ensure that you are successful in your life. That's what it's there for. Not just survive, but to be successful. But if you don't use it the, wrong, the right way, you're going to have problems. Because if, if you think about another machine as a motor car, 
Now, everybody, if you were to say, well, what's the purpose of a motor car? People would say, well, it's simply to get you from where you are to where you want to go. That's all it's there to do. And it's, it'll do it in a very predictable way, in a, in a comfortable way for you. And it won't, there's no doubt it will do, do its job. But the only time it won't do its job is if you're not driving it the right way. And if you drive a car the wrong way, what happens? You get problems. You know, if, you put the, if you're trying to have one foot on the accelerator and the other on the, the brake, it's not going to work. You're going to end up with problems and you're going to end up with all this stress and struggle. And you might think, um, well, maybe the right way to drive a car is to get out and push them behind. And I'll put in, you put in all this effort and struggle and you motivated and determined, but the car doesn't go very far and you just wear yourself out. But it's just like that with the brain. The brain is a machine like a motor car that if you use it the wrong way, you're going to have problems. You're going to have stress. You're going to have struggle. But if you use it the right way, it's going to do the job it's designed to do, which is to give you a successful life. And what's the difference between driving a car and using, the, using your brain? The difference with a, car, with a motor car, if you were to see someone trying to push a car from behind, you'd say to them, what are you doing? And they'd say, I'm trying to drive this car. And you say, you obviously don't realize, don't understand, don't know how to drive a car. You don't know how it works. And that's why you're struggling. It's not designed to give you struggle, stress and problems and, and, and a lot of effort like that. If you use it the right way, it's, it's great, but you need to learn how to, to drive it. And so we wouldn't think of getting into a motor car and expecting it to take us anywhere if we didn't know how to drive it. But we're all living our lives with this thing called the brain, expecting us to take us places, and we don't know how to drive it. So that's really what I spend my time sharing with people now. And it's taken me a while to figure out how this all works, that, that you need to know how to drive this machine. And it's as simple as that. And once you do, all of the pieces start to fall into place and your life turns out the way it's supposed to, without struggle, without stress. And one of the great things is without problems. Sounds hard to believe, but this is how it actually works. I'm sitting here thinking I could just hear the people saying, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're saying they don't know how to use the brain. And I get it. If you're using something wrong, you're going to go off a cliff. But a lot of the people out there that are watching and listening this, they think they are using their brain the right way. I mean, these are a lot of people that have been on a journey of self-discovery, self-help, and think through these different methods. They are learning how to steer their brain and not have the brain be in charge of them. So let's get right into it then because you break it down into four areas of the brain and maybe just give them an overview because I know they're sitting there with their brains going, wait a minute, I thought I was doing the right thing. Can I? Okay, so just before I talk about the four parts of the brain, I want to challenge people when they think they're doing the right thing because one of the things I often to say to people who, I, who come to me for coaching <clears throat> And who are really stressed, and usually I work with with entrepreneurs, um, people from all walks of life, but and, and a lot of people with you mentioned I do marriage and relationships as well. But oftentimes entrepreneurs are saying, "Look, they were like I used to be, or like I was in terms of they say I'm doing all the right things, I'm setting my goals, I'm really trying hard, I'm I'm working on my beliefs and and reprogramming my subconscious mind, 
And I say to them, well, how successful are you? And they say, well, look at me. I've got lots of money and I'm doing really well and, you know, et cetera. And I say, well, how happy are you? And they say, well, I've got stress. I've got problems. But that's a natural part of, of being successful is having stress and problems. And I say, well, why do you think that is? How does stress and problems contribute to you being the best person you can be, which is your reason for being here? And I say, well, they don't actually. And I also say, so in terms of your goals, if you're really honest, whatever approach you're using, what percentage of the goals that you set do you achieve? Is it 99% of the goals that you set that you achieve? If you're being really honest, and they normally look at me a bit blankly, and I say, okay, how about 90%? No. How about 80%? No. How about 50%? No. How about 20%? And I get down to about 2 or 3% and people say, well, that's about right. So the fact of the matter is, if you're doing something and you're only getting a 2 or 3% success rate, wouldn't it be logical, logical to question whether you've actually got the right approach? I mean, that's a bit like going to a, you know, you need a heart operation. You go to a surgeon and say, what's your success rate? And they say about 3%. Are you, going to, are you going to get them to do your heart operation? Or are you going to say whatever their approach is, is not very good? And I think we need to be honest and say a lot of the time we think we're being successful, but we've got stress, we've got problems, we don't feel in control of our life. And we're on this, this um, treadmill of, of, of pushing and struggling and trying to achieve more, but we're not happy. And, you know, I lived like that for, for many years. And I became really successful on the outside. I, had, I was a multimillionaire. I had several businesses. I've had 18 different businesses in my life, some of them very successful, others failures, if you like. But in my mid-40s, I went from being a multimillionaire, and not only that, but being a student of success. I've been to seminars all over the world. I've yeah. been read every book you can name, spirituality, religion, personal help, motivation. But in my mid-40s, I went from this successful state and knowing everything about success to losing everything, literally overnight. And I ended up having to move in with my elderly mother and sleep on the sofa in the, in the living room in her small apartment. And I'm thinking, how did this happen to me? I know about success. I know about reprogramming the brain and setting goals. Yeah. And, and, but it didn't work for me. So I thought, there's something different going on here. And really, once I started to learn what that was, not only did I see my life go in a much, much better way, um, without stress, without problems, and really starting to feel the success that I truly wanted. And then I was able to, when I figured it out, share it with other people as well. So I think, I can't quite remember what your question was, actually. I, I think I've gone well, off on a bit we, of a tangent, but that's the point I'm trying to make. No, we needed that because what you're saying is, hey, if what you're doing is working and you're reaching 90% of your goals and you're happy, Kumbaya, go, keep doing what you're doing, right? You got it down. But if not, you may want to look at the brain in a different way. So what? let's now go fast forward because you said the secret to success is understanding how to work the brain. And then you break it down to explain it into four parts. So that was the question. But um, we, needed, right. we, needed the back, we needed the background. Okay. Well, we are, as I mentioned earlier, we are biological beings. We're designed to operate in a biological way. And this thing that we've got called our brain has one purpose, and that is to make us the best that we can be so that we have the greatest chance for survival to continue the, the, for the continuation of the species. 
That's the purpose of every brain and every biological organism on the planet, is to make sure that it's the best that it can be to give it the greatest chance for survival. Now, as humans, we're the best that we can be when we're not only physically our best, but we're also emotionally, spiritually, and mentally our best. In other words, when we're our happiest. And we know this is true because when you're happy and you're, you're feeling grateful, loving, you're excited, you're creative, you're passionate, you're coming up with great ideas, things are flowing well, you're making great decisions, you're meeting the right people, the right circumstances seem to come to you, which we, from a limited awareness, we might call luck or coincidence, but it's not, which I'll explain later. So we know that being the best that we can be is being the happiest. And we, we also know biologically, therefore, that this thing, this machine called the brain, is there to make sure that happens. So there's got to be a reason why that doesn't happen. And it's because, like I mentioned with the motor car, we're not using it the right way. So here's how the brain works. On, I'm ready. This is a bio, okay, this is a biological thing. This isn't any spiritual stuff, all those spiritual traditions. But you're, and I, there's all sorts of scientific wording about what it, what it is, but I've broken it down into quite a simple model that people can understand. So you have four separate regions in your brain that have different functions. Okay, now the first region is what I call the intellectual brain, the thinking brain. That's located on the top of your head and has lots of scientific names. You know, these are specific places yep. that science has identified. Now, the purpose of your intellectual brain or your thinking brain is to gather information from every moment of your life through your five senses and through your thoughts as well. And it takes in all of this information and it stores it in this essentially what is a large database or a library. So all of your knowledge and all of your experience is stored in your intellectual brain, which you can therefore use to identify things and to communicate with other people and to come up with sense to the world, if you like. So that's the intellectual brain. The second part of your brain, which is located just below that, is what I call the emotional brain or the feeling brain. And this is responsible for generating, it actually does on a physical level, it generates chemicals that make you feel a certain way. So when you're feeling good, what it is, it's this uh, emotional brain that creates, the, that through a, a signal, creates good chemicals that make you feel good. Chemicals that are called, um, um, trying, to, trying to think of the name and names of them now, dopamine is one, okay? And when you feel bad, different chemicals are created by your emotional brain. The third part of your brain is what I call the survival brain. And this is located at the back of your head. And what this is responsible for is to look after everything about your survival on a moment-by-moment -moment basis, obviously without you having to think about it. So it deals why, because it's not your thinking brain. It's your survival brain. So it doesn't think this part of your brain, it just operates. So it operates everything from, you know, all of your physical like your heartbeat, your breathing, everything that keep everything to keep you alive is managed by your um, survival brain. But there's a fourth part of the brain, and most people would think, okay, well, maybe that's what my brain is, is those three parts, the thinking brain, the feeling brain, and the survival brain. But actually, there's a fourth part of your brain. And science has only more recently started to discover that this is actually located in a separate part of your brain, physically. And the funny thing is, spiritual traditions have talked about this part of your brain going back thousands of years, but it's only been known by a few, a select few people through spiritual traditions that this part of your brain exists. And it's what I call the creative brain. Now, the creative brain, what this does 
this is actually the part of your brain that's designed to run your life because this is the part of the, your brain that generates your um, creativity, your imagination, your gut feelings about things, your instinct when you go, oh, that doesn't feel right. You know, you, we have these things and they're not coming from our thoughts. They're coming from a different place. And it's where you think that's the wrong thing to do. I better not do it. Or that is the right thing to do. I'm going to do it. It's where you feel all your creativity. You know, composers of music throughout history have described this part of the brain or, or anyone creative like writers as well. But musicians have said, composers have said, I just heard the music and I wrote it down. I don't know where it came from. It came from yeah. goodness knows where. This is your creative brain at work. Now, this part of your brain also controls your awareness. And when you're, when you're using this part of your brain properly, and there's a description for using this part of your brain that people have alluded to as well, and they talk about being in the flow or in the zone. In the zone. Sometimes religion talks about it as being enlightenment. But it's when you're feeling really good, as I mentioned before, and you're coming up with good ideas, and you, your life is literally flowing without problems, without stress, and the right things seem to happen to you at the right time. So the other thing that happens is your awareness expands. And I'll explain why that is in a moment when I talk about the problems that people create for themselves through not using this part of their brain or not using their brain the right way. But your awareness expands and you start to see the truth about who you are, about what is, what is your experience and what's happening around you. And as part of that increase of, of um, awareness, you start to realize that all of the good things that happen to you in your life that come along which they do when you're using your creative brain properly, they're not coincidence. They're not flukes or chance circumstances. What they are is your creative brain doing its job to make sure that your life is the best that it can be so that you're your best, so that you have your greatest chance for survival. So this is when you use your creative brain, you are in, in the flow of your true life. You are being the best you can be physically, mentally, spiritually, and emotionally. And that's the way you're supposed to live all of the time. That's the way we're supposed to be, biologically. Mm. But what happens when we have problems? Because that's the question. Okay, well, that all sounds great. But what about, but I have problems in my life. What causes problems? Well, there can be only one cause of problems. And when you look at it from a logical perspective, the machine's not being used the right way. Because like with a car, you only end up with problems when you're not driving it right, when you're not putting in the right fuel, when you're using the the engine the wrong way. That's the only reason problems occur. And in your life, problems have no benefit. When you feel stressed and, and, and um, it's, it's putting a tension on your body, which is damaging you. It's not making you the best you can be. It's, it's actually shortening your life and giving you less of an experience of quality of life, not extending it. So it has no biological purpose, problems and stress. So what causes problems and stress? And how is the brain, you, if we're supposed to be in this state all of the time, being in the flow, being in the zone, the right things happening, putting in all the lots of creative effort, getting wonderful results, contributing to others, being loving, all of those things. Why do we have problems and stress and what are we doing wrong? Well, it comes back to this thing called the survival brain. Because the way you're supposed to be is you're supposed to live in this on, on a biological survival state. You're supposed to live in this wonderful environment where everything goes well. But if you think back to um, caveman times when the brain was sort of formed, if you like, what, what was their li life like? Every now and then, a danger would appear in their environment. 
So they'd be walking along the forest and a lion would jump out from a rock. Now, we need to develop, and we still do, I guess, we needed to have developed a survival mechanism to deal with dangers, things that are an immediate threat to our survival that come into our experience unexpectedly. And of course, we, there were lots of lions in those days, but there aren't many now. Now, what actually happens biologically, your brain has a mechanism to deal with those unexpected dangers. And what it does is it sends a signal, your emotional brain sends a signal in the form of chemicals. And instead of sending you the good, the good chemicals that say everything's great, which make you feel great, which therefore keep you in this creative state, it sends a, a warning signal to say there is an immediate threat to your survival and you need to get out of that state and deal with it immediately without thinking. Your survival depends on it. So what the, what the emotional brain, it sends, sends these chemicals which create the signal of fear, fear, stress, anxiety, and worry. And what that activates is something called your sympathetic nervous system. And I'll, I won't get any more technical than that, but what happens when you activate your sympathetic nervous system which happens automatically when you feel fear, stress, anxiety, what happens then is you activate something called, which is often called the fight-flight-freeze uh, mechanism yeah. to deal with that immediate danger. So there's the lion running at you, and your brain kicks in and says, there's a lion running at you. You have to run away. You have, you have to react instantly without thinking, and without feeling, well, this maybe I can deal with this later. No, your brain just gets you to react. So you run away or you stand and fight or you shout for help. Whatever it is, it's an instant reaction. But here's what happens when you activate, and, and this is perfect biologically, and it's the most marvelous thing, one of the great things we've been given as human beings to protect us from unexpected dangers. And maybe there aren't lions around, but you know, maybe a car comes towards you and you have to jump out of the way or someone raises their arm at you and you have to jump out of the way or shout for help, or whatever it is. So this is a marvelous mechanism that's designed to deal with an immediate threat or danger. But what people don't realize is what happens is when you activate that, the part, so this part of your brain is perfect for dealing with those situations, but it can't deal with your problems. It can't, and it certainly can't run your life because what happens when you activate the sympathetic nervous system, when you do that, is the brain takes all of the energy from anywhere else it can, anywhere that's not helpful, to deal with that danger. Because you're going to need every ounce of strength you've got to run away from the lion or stand and fight. You might need it. So anything that's unnecessary, any activity or process in your body that's unnecessary, it will shut down, literally, and draw all of that energy. One of the things it shuts down is your digestion. And that's why often people who are stressed, or they, they lose their appetite when they're stressed is because yeah. your brain is taking all that energy yeah. to use it elsewhere because it thinks it's fighting a danger. But what's the thing that shuts down most of all? It's your creative brain. So all of the resources that you have, remember that your creative brain is the part that has all the answers to what you should be doing with your life, how to solve any problem if you've got one, how to make sure you don't have problems. It's trying to protect you. Its job is to protect you from making the wrong decisions or having the wrong things happen in your life so that you create problems. That's its job. So all of those resources, imagination, creativity, intuition, gut feelings, attracting the right people and circumstances, those are all blocked off from you when you're in this fear state because they're not necessary. And in fact, they could be harmful because you can imagine, you know, if there's a car coming towards you, you've got to jump out of the way. You don't want your brain going, yes, there's a car coming, but look at all of the beautiful scenery surrounding me and all of that. 
you'd be dead. It's, it's not what it's designed to do. So here's the problem. People are, are trying to solve their problems. They're trying to build their life. They're trying to come up with the right things to do. They're trying to make decisions when they're using the part of their brain that can never do that. They've blocked off the creative part, which has all the answers and does all of that, because they've activated the wrong part by feeling stress, fear, worry, and anxiety. And then they wonder why things aren't working for them. And they struggle harder and put in more effort and set bigger goals and read more books. But you can do all, it's like a car. You can learn all about the car, how the air conditioning works, and you can put on, put in leather seats and you can polish it up and change the color and put in a better stereo because everyone's saying, well, you know, that'll help. But it doesn't help, but you're not using the machine the right way. So it's, it doesn't, it's not going to help. That was the real big realization I realized after years of stress and struggle that I just hadn't been realizing how this machine is designed, what it's there to do, and how to use it. Okay, so let's give them a real-life example. Here they are. Something happens, let's just say, with their boss, right? Their boss said they're going to fire them if they make one more mistake. The project is crappy, and you got one more chance, or you're fired. And if the person has a family of three kids is now going, oh my God, it's freaking out, right? Because they could get fired and doesn't know what they did wrong with the project. I just had uh, someone tell me this because they feel like somebody has it out for them. In that moment, what would you suggest they would do? When you understand how your brain works, when you realize you've got a, a computer here that has the computing power of 500 trillion computer microprocessors whose sole job is to look after you and make sure that you have the best life possible. Okay. You would let it do, you would see, allow it to do its job. You, and you'd realize that if you got stressed, because what's, what's the only reason you'd, you get fearful if you thought you were lo- going to lose your job and you've got three children, if you thought something bad was going to happen to you. But what happened, what, what happened, what would happen if your brain said, actually, the best thing that can happen to you if you get out of the way is you get rid of that job and I've got something much better for you just around the corner, but I'm going to bring it to you. You're, it's not about you with your stress trying to figure it out and go and worry about what, what, could, what should I do? What could I do next? It's about knowing that this, this machine is there to do the job for you. It's not going to let you down because it's what it's designed to do. A motor car is not going to let you down if you put the right fuel and you drive it the right way. And you don't get stressed and worried about thinking, oh, I'm not going to get there to where I want to go when you drive a car because you understand how it works. And this is the thing that religion has taught us throughout its existence is you have to have faith. You have to, what does the Bible say? It says, believe, trust, have faith. Because when you do that, you're using your creative brain, your thinking brain. When you're trying to figure it out, and what do I do next? And what if this happens? And oh, all these terrible things. When you're in that state of stress, you're not allowing the, the infinitely powerful part of your brain to do its job. And it will bring you the right people. It will bring you the right circumstances. You know, when I was homeless and lost everything, people would say, that's terrible. That's the worst thing I could imagine happening, almost. How did you get out of it? Well, what I realized in hindsight was the best thing that ever happened to me, because that's why I'm, I, I was able to, instead of me going down this path of more struggle and trying to figure everything out and worry about what was going to happen and try and make things happen all the time and, and worry about it all the time, I started to realize that I had to let go. 
I had, and, and the understanding came later. But once I started to let go, magical things started to happen to me. You know, people would walk into a place where I was where I hadn't seen, there was one man, he walked into a, a shop I was in, hadn't seen him in 30 years. And he, and he knew I'd been in a particular type of business. And he said, and this is when I had nothing. And he said, why don't you set up a business? You Just next to me, there's a vacant premises that you could set up a business doing what you want. And I had nothing. And all of the bits came together to allow me to open that business. I even lived in the back of the, the, the business, you know, with a, one of those solar showers for the, in the courtyard because I had nothing. But it all worked out. But, you know, I couldn't have planned all of that. If I was worried and stressed, I couldn't plan that man to walk in the door and make that suggestion. And then all of the other things come together. So here's the thing. When you are worried, when you are stressed, the reason for that is you don't understand how your brain works. And that's the most important thing. Again, it says, what does it say in the Bible? More than 300 times, you know, the Bible is one of the most, I used to be religious. I was brought up in a, a Christian household and I really studied the Bible. Mm-hmm. But um, what does the Bible say more than 300 times? Because it is the best success, one of the best success manuals on how your brain works that exists. It says more than 300 times, be not afraid, trust. But it says those three words, be not afraid, more than 300 times. Now, why does it say that? It's not saying this is a nice idea, try not to be so afraid. It's saying it because it's an instruction. Because it's saying when you are afraid, you activate your sympathetic nervous system, which shuts down the part of your brain that God, if you like, has given you to run your life and to make sure you have do the best, have the best that you can be. You're shutting that down, you're feeling afraid. And that's why it also says in the Bible, give no thought for tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. You know, do not worry about what you'll eat, drink, or wear. It'll all be provided for you. And that's the way it actually works. Now, it's difficult to do that when you don't understand how the brain works, because it's a bit like driving a car and you're terrified, you know, is this going to stop Um, every moment? This is where the understanding comes in. So I'd say to the person who's who's faced with that, you Mm -hmm. need to find a way to say, to to realize that when you're stressed and worried about it, the the right solution is not going to come to you. And the right solution might be to give up that job. And something better will come along. It will all, something better will always come along, as it promises in religion, because this is a biological um, function of how the world works. We're all biologically wired to be better, to have more. And sometimes the path to that looks a bit murky. You know, it's oh, why did that happen to me? Back on all the things that were quote unquote disasters in my life, and I've had a few of them. They're all been perfect. And now when things appear to go wrong, I look at it and say, there's a purpose to that. And there always is. There is always a a blessing, if you like, or a gift in every adversity. And if you don't see that, it's not because it isn't there. It's because your brain is not allowing you to see it. It's because in your fearful, stressed state, remember I mentioned in your creative state, your awareness expands to see the truth. But when you're in the the stressed, fearful state, activating your sympathetic nervous system, your brain is looking for problems. Because it's wired to look for the lion. Right, forget all that stuff. Where's the lion? What's that sound? Is there another danger? Where's another problem? I've got my, I'm wired now to eliminate, I'm told through this signal that there's a problem in my life. I need to eliminate it and react and get rid of it. So it's not, it limits your awareness. And part of what you, the problem with that is people see the world full of problems and they're so worried about everything and they're so stressed and they say oh you know and they say to me oh it's all real for you but 
and I've got all these problems and all these bad things are happening and we might be going into World War Three, and there's something else going on. You know, they don't realize that's their brain filtering out, blocking true awareness because it thinks it's supposed to be dealing with a threat to your survival. Liam, we're going to have to have you back on because there's a lot to unpack there. But just let me, I just want to re-say what I, what I heard. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but could it be that, okay, now you understand that this is just how we're made. This is how the brain functions. And once you know that, then it's comforting, right? You know, you're wired for success. But then isn't it also being mindful of what's going on and positive thinking or rewiring your brain to tell yourself, listen, things are always working out for me. Isn't that kind of a combination once you do understand the brain? Like, okay, telling yourself a different story. Like, I don't need to be fearful. My brain is wired for success. Isn't that continuously to try to re- wire your brain so that it does think differently? Isn't that kind of the same thing? Well, not really. And here's the problem. I spent years trying to think think I needed to rewire my brain. But that's trying to that's like saying trying to re- rewire your car. All you need to do is you need to understand that how that's how it works. So and when you do, then you don't need to you don't actually need to rewire anything. You don't tell story because let's just say the story is oh my god this sucks things don't work out for me isn't that just spinning the story differently to say wait a minute my brain's wired for success things are going to work out for me isn't that telling a different story yeah but you know the thing is what i found is there's a difference between trying to tell yourself something and really understanding it and 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 all of the power comes from understanding because you can be terrified and saying, well, you know, this my car, yes, it's going to be fine and it's going to work. But if you don't understand how it works, you're going to be stressed and you're, and you're trying to convince yourself yeah, that, I got it. that it works. But, so, but when you understand, it's like, it, it's like all the other things. So, you know, when you drive along the road, are you worried about cars coming the other way that someone's going to hit you? You don't even give it a thought. And why is that? Because you understand that the way things work is that you drive on that side and other cars drive on that side. You don't need to sort of say to yourself, I know that cars come from the... It's not really a conscious thing. And so that's really what I'm what I'm getting at. Yes, yeah. it, it is about how you think, but how you think changes when your brain is working the right way. That's it, It's sort of like the, the other way around. You can't force yourself to think positive because most people who say they're thinking positive, what they're actually doing is thinking negative with positive words. So they're going, yes, I'm going to be successful. No, I'm not really. Yes, I'm going to be successful. No, I'm not really. You know, that's the thoughts. And, and that doesn't really work. It certainly didn't work for me. And it's like that, is it going to work 100% of the time? Whereas, a, you know, like a car, like any machine, it's a mechanical process. It's as predictable as walking off a 10-story building and going down. It's another one of the laws. It's what I call the law of thriving. Every biological organism is wired to thrive, to be its best. So it has the greatest chance for survival. The machine that has to achieve that is the brain. And when everything uses the brain the right way, because it's a machine, that's what will happen. So I'm thinking about my belief system my entire life, even without 
thinking about how my brain is wired for success. I was doing the same thing because I always felt innately that things would always work out for me. Never doubted it. Even when anything happened to me, I'd be like, I don't know. I don't know the answer, but I know it's going to come to me. Now, I didn't understand why I thought that, but I felt that way since I was a little kid. Even the most horrible situation, I'd be like, I just know things are always going to work and and I'm going to have perfect timing. Now, when you say that's positive thinking or, you know, affirmations, it wasn't because I really believed that. Yeah. I don't know why. I innately have always believed things always work out for me. They always do. And I'm sitting here and the way you're explaining it, it's like, well, of course they are because that's how you were built. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, the thing is, we don't need to know that that's the way we're built. That's just so, you know, some people might know it and some some people might not. But this is a natural thing. This isn't designed to be difficult. You know, yeah, we're not, know. life is not supposed to be difficult. So whoever we are, we have the same machine. And some people through our experience or who knows, whatever, might be using it more effectively than other people. But that doesn't get away. From, you know, it's like someone might naturally get in the car and go, well, I think I've figured out how to work, work this. And other people might need, you know, a few lessons. Yeah. But it, so that's just the way it is. It, it, it is the same process, the same machinery, if you like, the same biological law that is being followed um, that makes it work. Liam, I'm sad we have to go, but we have to have part two because I didn't get to half these questions. But I know that this is at least going to spark the interest of people to look more into you, I hope. So my Let's Keep It Real people, do not worry before we go. Liam's going to tell you all the ways that you can find him and reach out to him. And maybe we may just convince him to come back on because I apologize. We have so many questions I wasn't able to get to. So how can they find you? Well, it's very simple. Everything's on my website, which is just my name, liamnaden.com. I've got podcasts there and books and courses and yeah. all about you really helping to, to learn how to how to use this machine more effectively, really, because it's not supposed to be difficult. Life is not supposed to be difficult. It's not difficult for anything else in nature. You know, you look around the natural world, the sun comes up and, and the, the planets turn. And if you go and look at a bird or an insect or a plant, it's all just doing what it's there to do. There's no stress or problems. And uh, we, we just have sort of, you know, because we have this intellectual part that's quite developed, we've, we've lost the, the understanding and the ability to, to be in harmony with who we really are and therefore be our best. And that's, um, that's my mission really is to help people understand that. I love it. I'm so glad we figured out a time for us to connect. This is so special. And I'm so happy for my viewers and listeners that we can share this with as many people as you want. So Liam and I would really appreciate it if you liked it, read it, and shared it with those that you know it's going to inspire. And which I can't even think of a person it would inspire. Until next time, you know what I'm going to say. Toodles. Thanks for listening. Be sure to share and subscribe if you enjoyed the show. And remember, keep spreading the positive.